Crypto Watch is presented by theconstantinvestor.com. I'm Alan Kohler, and every day my writing and podcasts put the financial world into context with a focus on the issues that matter. Join us today. It's only a dollar for the first month. And now it's time for this week's Crypto Watch. Initial coin offerings or ICOs, what are they and how do they all work? Well, joining me to explain all is the constant investors, Saeed Sadawi. Saeed, let's start off with what exactly is an ICO or an initial coin offering? So essentially an ICO is basically our initial coin offering. It's fundamentally just a fundraising mechanism, which is utilized by companies in exchange for their cryptocurrency. So, I mean, you can kind of compare it to an IPO or initial public offering on the stock market. Um, this is usually... Um, when a firm offers their cryptocurrency before it goes on an exchange, and it's generally done at a rate lower than what's expected to be trading on the open market. Um, so what it happens is an ICO will begin as a digital coupon or an IOU, and um, once it's released on the exchanges, it becomes a fully tradable asset. And how do they all work? Uh, good question. So basically... For an individual to partake in an initial coin offering, they usually have to apply to the firm's public or private sale. Um, private sales, they usually require like a large-scale capital investment and are usually reserved for big capital investment funds. Um, but usually any participant needs to provide what's called a Know Your Customer or a KYC documentation. This is just done to verify their identity as well as other important information such as like anticipated contribution amounts, and their personal wallet address, which they're contributing from. So once that's all said and done and the company has like approved it, participants on ICO day, they're given an address, uh, which is generally exclusive to their address of which they send their funds to. Uh, it usually has to be done at an extremely fast pace as competition is usually extremely fierce between ICO participants. Um, more than likely it's done, it's extremely competitive when it's a hyped ICO with a low, what's called a hard cap which is basically just a limit on the amount of funds the company will receive with any more than the hard cap being refunded. Now, you just mentioned their ICOs seem quite fierce these days. I was going to say they seem like they're the talk of the town. What risks are involved with them? Yeah, no worries. So, I mean, ICOs, I mean, the crypto space in general, everyone knows is a little bit risky. But ICOs, of course, as they're even more unregulated than the crypto space, they carry even further inherent risks. So what should people be looking out for? Yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, it's hard. This is, it all comes down to someone's personal risk management skills, whether or not they're, they're comfortable taking risks. Uh, there's different ICOs which carry different levels of risk. I mean, I personally, uh, I like to look at a number of different criteria and I like to kind of make it on even an Excel spreadsheet. I kind of table up the most popular ICOs I gather data on them and I rank them from riskiest to least riskiest. So but what uh, what some, makes an ICO less risky than, say, another? What what are you writing down in this spreadsheet? What, yeah, yeah. What sure. are the pros so, and cons to look out for? Yeah, perfect. So the first thing I usually look for is just what the team's trying to accomplish. So do I believe in the project? Do I think it's a good use case for the blockchain? So usually this information can be found in the company's white paper uh, and their roadmap. And if they don't have either of those two things, it's a red flag to me. I look for their goals and if I believe they're achievable in the time frame they put. Um, I then look to the team and advisors. This is crucial. Uh, I look to who they are, what experience they have, and any competitive advantages they possibly have to differentiate the company from its competitors. 
I then look to what's known as the token utility, which is basically just the use case for the token, which is what you're buying. Uh, is it an essential part of the company's ecosystem, which is generally a safer investment, as it doesn't necessarily rely simply on the success or the profit of the firm. Um, I then look to the ICO itself. I kind of look to how big the hard cap is, what kind of funding they're trying to achieve, uh, how many tokens there are, and what they're priced at. These factors all kind of contribute to the success of an ICO, where a lower-capped ICO with a lower amount of tokens priced at a lower rate is likely to yield a higher percentage return, but it's likely to also be more competitive. Um, lastly, I consider the hype. So how many people are talking about the ICO? Was there competition to enter what's known as a whitelist, which is just a shortlist uh, just to register your interest? Uh, is the company trending well on social media platforms? Is there a subreddit? Uh, is there popular like 4chan's on the post? Do people think it's a profitable investment? These all factors kind of these factors all kind of help me to differentiate a positive or a negative ICO. And have there been any scams in the ICO space to date? Yeah, well, I mean, like anything, like we touched on before, there's an inherent risk, and there has been scams in the past because there's little regulation. You know, this is a grey space for everyone. Uh, governments don't really know how to handle this. Some governments have just outright banned ICOs like China and America. And there has been like a scam that's recent. Uh, one of the most recent ones was a company called Confido. So they gained some traction in the ICO space a couple of months back. They actually amassed around 350000 US dollars for what they called their smart contract platform. Uh, long story short, it was basically just an escrow of sorts. It just mimicked that kind of thing. Uh, it turned out the ICO was a complete sham. The team and advisors were all faked They're with fraudulent LinkedIn profiles. It was an elaborate exit scam where overnight the company removed all of their information from all social media platforms, removed their website, removed their Reddit, removed their Facebook. Uh, obviously, this caused the token price to plummet almost 100%. And it actually had done extremely well leading up to that day. It had done four or 500%. So all you can imagine is uh, Confido... Uh, managers and CEOs and stuff sold off all their tokens and just an elaborate exit scam. And just to finish off, are there any notable ICOs to date? Yeah, good question. I mean, like I said before, it's risky, but there's also incredible profit potential. If you're willing to do the due diligence, the work to find out what's a good and bad investment, some real good examples where everyone knows Ethereum was once an ICO. It was a private sale though, but I think the tokens were priced at something ridiculous at 10 cents. And everyone knows where it's tra- trending right now. It's 14, 13, 14 hundred Australian dollars. So that's a pretty lucrative return. Some more recent ones were NEO, which is considered the Chinese Ethereum. Uh, I think its pre-sale was around 3 cents when it was called AntShares. And it's now trending at something like 190 to 200 Australian dollars. So, I mean, as you can see, these are just some of the examples. A lot of the time, an ICO finishes as soon as it's listed on the exchange, it's not uncommon for it to go five, 10 times from ICO price within a week. But again, this all depends on the hype of an ICO, how well the ICO went, its contribution limits, all those kind of factors come into play. That was Saeed Sadawi, the author of The Constant Investors Crypto Watch.